You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. of Nerdificent. I am one half of your host, if you want anyway, and sitting across from me, as always, is Danny Fernandez. Hello. Hello. I am, um, well, I have my tea here yeah. and water yeah. and Ricola. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm trying to, trying to stay clean, not get sick, not get sick out here. Everyone's getting sick. Yeah, I'm thinking uh, year four, I might have, uh, knock on wood, uh, built up my parent immunity. How? Oh, that's how you did it. Yeah, because I had a sick child constantly in rotation. Now she'll just be sick. So I'm like, sorry, chief. Uh, let me uh, wipe your nose down. But you ain't getting me. Aren't they sick like the first like five years of their life? Yeah, because they're constantly because what's what's happening is like they'll be home and you make them feel better and they go back to school with other sick kids. So it just is in rotation until all the kids finally build up their immunity. Well, yeah, I'm I'm not I don't have kids. But I, who I'm looking at right now, I totally remember that we forgot to get introductions. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> Wendy we, Lee. We just we just Hail. started off. Boof. That's OK. Hey. I also don't have kids. I have two fur babies. Oh. True. And they're like my kids, but they don't get me sick, obviously. Yeah. What kind of fur babies? Dogs they're or two cats? they're two dogs. They're Ooh. rescues and they're white fluffy, I don't know, they're yeah. poodle mixes. Rescues fluffies. Rescues. Yeah. Hey, hey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ooh. And who our other voice, Iffy? Yeah, yeah. Our man's uh, Tino, what is, I, you only see you as Tino Stark. What is your That's voice? it. <laughs> okay, that's well, there it. you go. Tino it, Stark. That's what you go, that's your alias? Yeah, okay. Exactly. Cool. I mean, Imagine to the federal voice. government, that's another question. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're not here to get you in trouble. Yeah, yeah we're, no, we're not here to have the IRS tax guy. <laughs> he was listening, he was in his office like, we got him, boys. <laughs> you know what's so funny? Before this started, we were, t- we were joking around about like security, and I was saying when I was trying to pay my student loans, they were asking me all these questions, and some of them I didn't remember, and I like forgot my pin and i'm like they were like sorry ma'am we have to do this and i'm like no one is trying to pay off my student loads and if they nobody, are yeah them. yeah nobody <laughs> is calling y'all navient or whatever to try and help me pay off my student loans um anyways i just find that really funny i think i think it is hilarious where the piece the person finally gets in they're like oh nope and then they just peace out when mm-hmm. they see the amount because all student loans are awful yeah yep. well that's what's funny is i feel like there are some places that are asking for way too much security like when i want like my starbucks gift card and it's like you got you need to use a special character i was like no let me put like right. dog if i want this is a starbucks gift card yeah. relax how yeah. many of these pictures have pigeons in there yeah. <laughs> oh my god the captcha stuff is the oh worst. especially if you're trying to figure out your password so you're having to keep do it mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-mm-mm. How many more traffic lights do I need to click on these boxes Ooh. before they take me to the next step? Yeah, well, you know, the technology's listening. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Now they're now they're going to create. Okay, ones. wait. Um, <laughs> we're we have to hop over what we're geeking about this week, just because we have a really long episode that oh, yeah. we're bringing y'all. But I did want to say that I got hooked into the circle, and I hate it because everybody was like, "You have to watch this show," and I'm like, "No, I hate reality TV. I'm not a Big Brother person." Yeah. And then I watched the first episode, and I'm like, "Oh my god, shoot!" That's who I'm voting for. <laughs> Wait, okay. Like, yeah, I'm intrigued. Oh, Do you like it? Yes. What is the concept I... of the circle? Okay, so let me talking about let me explain no it to you. <laughs> so it's just like Big Brother, but it's, they're kind of like in apartments, like in a hotel, and they can't see each other. So it's they're all operating like online. So you can pick your profile picture, and some people lie because no you're not going to be way. seen. Mm-hmm. No way, right? So I you could be already. the hot girl, or you could be a whatever. You could be whoever you want to be on there. So, but can they hook up and like meet? Well, not unless you get kicked off. So here's the thing: if you get voted out. Cause and and the way that they like get a connection is you can DM each other, you can group chat, so you can make an alliance and only add like oh three gosh. people, oh but you can't God. see you can't see the other person. Um, and so if you get kicked out, like you're you're the least popular, or whatever, um, you can visit one player before you leave. No way. So do so people then you use can that go to, to sleep into their together? room. Well, I'm not going to tell you anything as far as physical, <laughs> but you can go into someone's room and see if they are who they say they are. Oh my gosh. Or if you just like were talking to this dude that you like have been talking to for weeks and you go in and you see that it's actually like an old woman or something. That's not oh something my, that happened, but okay. that I'm just giving you oh all God, an example. Imagine. I would trust uh, no one after this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, okay. I'm, I'm locked. I need to, I need to watch show. it. Yeah. All it's right. catfishing. <laughs> so yes. locked in. But also just so fascinating to me that like it, it reminds me of when I was on AIM and I would be in like the Backstreet Boy chat room yep. or like the DBZ chat room and like making friends and I had an internet boyfriend and yeah. all of that. So it is funny that okay. like. Final question. Yeah. Can you change your profile picture? After yes. You- <gasps> Oh, I'm yeah, I'm Whoa. sold. I'm sold. But if you do, people know that you lied. Yeah, yeah. If the you're drama. like, yeah. But also, also, it's fascinating watching. You'll we'll have to talk about this. It's fascinating watching which which pictures they choose because mm-hmm. some people are themselves and they'll just like, oh, this picture of me on the beach in a bikini, and I'm like, it's just their thought process yeah. is like people will love this, and it's like no, some people actually will be like. F her like you know she's full of herself (laughs) you know so it's just like interesting what all the guys and all the girls what they think everyone wants which is just hot people when in reality a lot of times people just want like someone that's real yeah which they find out um we're talking about Star Wars yeah yeah something that's not real but speaking of looks whoa whoa hot takes what (laughs) but speaking of looks we're talking about the fashion of Star Wars. So I guess to kick the conversation off, are there any like standout looks or pieces in the Star Wars movies that you are just in love with? And I got to say, before we get started, um, I started, I picked up Battlefront 2 again because mm-hmm. everyone's like, it's good now. And they, and this, the last Jedi scene where they're in that cool planet with the white sand and the red dirt, yeah. you, you, you essentially play that battle mm-hmm. and it looks so gorgeous. And I remember mm-hmm. thinking it was gorgeous, like watching it and I was like, oh man, I got to experience it. So that being said, what's like a piece or, you know. For me, I'd have to say it's actually Imperial uniforms. Mm, yeah, totally. Because, you know, they're the bad guys. Nobody yeah. wants to like them, but they do look clean. Yeah. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're yeah. always pressed. They know what they're doing. They do. Oh, yeah. Even when they're incompetent, they still look good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know, they look good getting force choked by Vader. Oh, yep. my God. That yeah. I have to agree. For like a minimalist standpoint, the Imperials is so pleasing to the eye. And for my pick, I'm going to go with something that's a little bit more girly. And uh, where I'm going to go with the Padme Amidala. I call this, um, I don't like sand dress when she was rolling around with Anakin. <laughs> yeah. and it's like a pastel color. Not not with the midriff. <laughs> it, this is like a cold shoulder and it's a long maxi gown. It goes ombre oh, yes. from like a pale yellow to a pink. And it kind of looks like is a sunset. Is it this one? It is Ish? exactly that, that one. one. Okay, this the, one. It is exactly that one. It yeah. looks kind of angelic. Yeah, and mm-hmm. that's what I it really looks like liked she, about it. It looks kind of Roman. Yeah. If I remember correctly, oh, yeah. that's the one she wore when they were at the lake house on Naboo. Mm-hmm. It's the, yeah, it's the lake dress, but I also like to call it. I don't like sand dress. <laughs> yeah, so where he says that to her. So it's ombre. It starts with like a sand color that fades to pink, mm-hmm. that fades to purple, is off the shoulder. 
I and yeah, while we're already talking about her, I I do remember out of one thing, you know, there's lots of thoughts about the, you know, prequel trilogy. I will say the one thing that stand out as being like a strong like Pro, uh, thing produced by that trilogy was Queen Amidala's looks, mm-hmm. oh, like yeah. just that kind of like obviously semi geisha inspired uh, one line down the lip, like that. Still to this day, I think is is one of probably the standout looks in Star Wars. <laughs> and I remember, and I remember it clearly because I remember my stepsister had the Barbie doll because they had the Barbie dolls for it where they had all the different uh, outfits that they had, and she had the Padme, she had that one, and a third one. And I remember <laughs> my dad kept telling her uh, not to open it to like just oh, like it, leave it, it in oh, there because yeah. it's a collector's. <laughs> but like I remember, she just was like, I want to play with this yeah um, that's what you're it, supposed to do yeah i know that's the, I, I remember um there was when i think star wars came back out uh they were they were talking about like the toys because you know as we talked about in our uh in our toy episode mm-hmm. we're talking about how star wars uh kind of brought on those new sized action figures mm-hmm. like that was right. because of the star wars ones. so obviously they're worth a lot of money and my dad he was watching it and he looks at me he's like I bought all those toys for you and you just played with them. I was like, yeah, that's, did he just start that's, crying? That's, that's what you do with toys, dad. Like, How much are they worth now? Oh man, probably, I don't know. Like Pro- mint condition inside the box. Mm. Unlike my princess die beanie baby. Um, <laughs> if you, can you guess? Oh my guess? God, you had one? No. Yeah. Oh. Oddly enough, do you want to know the most expensive beanie babies? What? Are the ones with defects. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm if sure. You, yeah. If you have defect beanie babies, those go for tons of money. But like oh. any other like regular beanie babies, nothing. I just yeah. donated a bunch of beanie babies to. Yeah. I think that holds I mean, true too for the uh, the Star Wars action figures themselves. There's some Yoda out there with one green eye and one blue eye, and it's worth a ton. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> the the this Google results are results are very different. It looks like you can get one. For sixteen dollars and another one for a hundred and thirty-five thousand. <laughs> wow! So you know, dealer's choice. Um, <laughs> if you can, you guess what my favorite costume is. I have tweeted about it a little bit the last mm. couple of months. Okay. Um, okay. Uh, okay. I'm gonna Friendship get test. some hit. I'm, I'm gonna get some get some hints. Okay. Um, is it a female or male character? Male. Oh, okay. All right. Oof. Okay. Um. I can't say what one of my tweets is because this is an rated E for everyone. <laughs> of course. Of course you wouldn't be able to read one of your <laughs> tweets on air. Um, whoo, okay. If it's, <laughs> <laughs> Do you want me to just tell no, you? No, 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 no. You got I'm this, Ify. You got it. Because I, I know there's one tweet or, or one joke you referenced, but then I feel like it's not the... Han. I don't think it's Han. Because, no, oh, no, 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 no. Because yeah. his outfits are basic. Um, wow. I think shade. I know which. I know. I think. I think I know who. Uh huh. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna see if I get the character, and then if I get the character, I'll do the guess. Is it Lando? No. Oh, okay. Then my next guest. Who have I literally been lusting about nonstop? No. Really. No. Okay. okay. Good. No, we're wasting people's sorry, time. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> right, you do the Mandalorian. Mando's oh. costume. We were I know, thinking so movies. Funny. I know we were thinking movies. So we but were I said so the out. last couple of months. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Oh, my that's gosh. True. That that's nobody so has sorry. more swagger in the most uncomfortable fit. It's like watching <laughs> yeah. Michael Keaton in that rubber Batman suit, but yet, oh, so fine. Yes. His outfit, especially because they keep like with each, if y'all been watching The Mandalorian, mm-hmm. I'm sure like with each uh, new you know piece of metal he gets, like it's just even more his insignias and it's just hot. He's hot. He's hot. I want to know the logistics because he can't take it off, but I'm sure that he's <laughs> cons- consummated his adults. It's just the helmet, Danny. Oh, that's even wilder. That's kinky as heck. And I'm going to change the subject before I get in trouble. But we're going to look forward to your tweets. I want to know the logistics. I'm sure he's he's consummated his adulthood at some at at many moments. Yeah, Mm, that's fine. That was mine. (laughs) Lando's is very cool, though. Did you see that? Was it Uncut Gems was the 
picture of Adam Sandler and he was basically yeah. wearing the same thing. Yeah, and so. Billy D. Williams tweeted it out. He was like, yeah, who would better? So funny. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, there, there's also like the, the kind of difference of the new Orlando that Glover, uh, was in Mm -hmm. where it looks like he's wearing this loosened tie and that look, that one, that look slaps. Oh, I did want to say, cause Wendy was, was whispering Poe Dameron Mm -hmm. at me. Um, but look at this note that I have from September and that's all it says. (laughs) Can you say that on air or no? Yeah, yeah, you can say it. Poe (laughs) Dameron. It's like a tweet and that's all it says is Poe Dameron. Okay. so true though he just got continuously hotter Mm -hmm. through every new movie yeah this is what the show is well just also uh the the videos of him and um uh john boyega no 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 it's who voices oh pedro uh, yeah him and pedro like the interview they did together well no they did an interview together and Mm -hmm. then they they would like dip in to like saying things in spanish and i was like like that like just that 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 energy, I was like that. I love that. Where you're just like, yo, we're just broing out. <laughs> and I was like, I, I'll watch a whole show. Like you give take give them Jeff Goldblum show and let them go around experiencing right. things. I'd watch that. Yeah, uh, you heard me first, did So <laughs> bring me in as EP if you do. Cut him a check. I guess the first thing we'll talk about is uh, A New Hope and The Empire Strikes Back, Mm -hmm. which were the Academy Award winning costumes from the original Star Wars and The Empire Strikes Back. And those were crafted by John Molo. Uh, Molo? Molo. Molo, I think. Molo, I think. Yeah. John Molo. And the legendary designer who also did the costumes for Alien in 1980, Gandhi, Chaplin, and Event Horizon. So, you know. Side note, that Event Horizon movie is horrifying. I've seen it once and I'm never watching it again. Oh, man. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I think I vaguely remember it, but uh, now it's like, I got to go back and watch it. Yeah, Shirley was tweeting about, um, what is it? Fire in the Sky, which is terrifying. Yep. Oh, just that one scene. The rest of it's okay. But y'all know the scene, the (laughs) Mm -hmm. eye. Y'all know. Um, yeah, so actually throughout Molo's legendary career, he wrote several books on costuming, which documented the differences in military uniforms throughout history, including the Crimea War, the American Revolutionary War, and the Seven Years War. And he brought all of this knowledge and design to Star Wars, which you can definitely see, like we oh, were yeah. talking about. Yeah. And in the Stormtroopers. The Stormtroopers are clean as heck. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love There's their outfits. definitely a lot of military experience mm-hmm. that's conveyed through that. I know, and it's very funny because we had uh, Carboni on last week, and he was kind of uh, talking about uh, this was off mic, but like that how like now in the Star Wars universe, there's people who keep records of these things, and so if like someone was to go, what does that button on that suit does? Someone has to figure that out. Yep. Uh, so that's really cool to know that not only is it great design, but also there's functionality to it too. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Yeah, so in collaboration with his brother Boris, with illustrator Malcolm McGregor, Molo's research into war uniforms made him a sought-after expert among Hollywood elites like Stanley Kubrick. Molo worked on Barry Lyndon, where he helped make sure the costumes were period accurate. So when Lucas came around talking about Star Wars, Molo was ready as a blank slate when it came to designing these sci-fi costumes. He was ready to stop consulting and begin designing. And Molo took the job and began constructing several pieces. Uh, And so he's quoted saying, I don't want the audience to notice any of the costumes i just want to see light versus dark that's what lucas told molo so the aim was to make lucas's fantasy universe appear authentic so molo considered that his total ignorance of science fiction was advantageous in achieving this yeah i guess we should talk a little bit about the light and dark i mean that's totally accurate and it's very like even if i weren't a star wars fan like just looking at the a poster you could immediately tell like when I think even of um, Darth Vader, Kylo Ren, as opposed to Luke and Leia, mm-hmm. like the white contrasted with the, I just find that really fascinating. And like I said, angelic, because a lot yes. of the, a lot of like Leia, Padme, um, even Luke to some extent, mm-hmm. like the, the fabric yes. too has that. It's always like a softer edge. There's a lot more texture, whereas opposed to when you look at the Imperials, it's always sharp, very, you know, sharp corners very smooth and shiny like they have no room for error that's kind of what they want very militant kind of like what we talked about and the masks are always menacing like there's like very specific shapes to these masks that you look at it you're like i don't want to mess with that yeah you know it's like you you don't want to approach them right and then when you look at the resistance or the rebel alliance 
They're always very ragtag, mm-hmm. earth tones. Totally. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So they're more grounded within the world that they live in. Yeah, and I know, and there's something to like having the dark be so white and bright, especially. I think in the earlier movies, there I feel like there's something to that to where like the grunts, the like pawns are very white, bright, and then as you move up the ranks, it's just dark, dark to the top guy. Darth Vader being just mm-hmm. all black, almost like yeah. a spectrum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's so true. Yeah, as you get further within the Imperial, the darker you get. We have to take a really quick break, and then we're gonna hop back actually into the origins of Darth Vader's helmet right after this. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. And we're back. We're talking about the costumes and fashion of Star Wars. And uh, we were kind of during the break just talking about how dope Darth Vader's helmet is and like the lore behind it. Mm-hmm. But, Tino, I know that you knew quite a bit about it. Being from a background of making props and costumes myself, I find this stuff kind of fascinating because it's a collaboration of form and functionality as well as aesthetics. Uh, I remember reading when Ralph McCorn originally designed Vader's helmet, the idea was that he was going to be coming onto the rebel ship and it was just going to basically be an EVA suit helmet and he was going to take it off and that was the only part where we were going to ever see that. So radical different departure. I wonder what... I guess they just found it more than like the actor underneath it. Like they just found it more terrifying to have his helmet stay on the entire time. Definitely. Because what you can't see is always scary. Right. Yeah, that's true. Because it's it's that fear and it's it's emotionless. So you're talking to this that's actual true. person that's right. under the mask and you're like, what are they thinking right now? I'm getting nothing, but I'm it's petrified. Plus, you got to imagine back in 1977, no one knew anything about this universe. Yeah. So the, here's this guy all cloaked in black with his helmet. Is he even a human? Is he a robot? We didn't know these things yeah. back then. Well, what about you were saying that it was a uh, samurai inspired, which I totally forgot about. It was a lot of Ralph McCorn's work were notes from Lucas uh, uh, samurai inspired as well as Japanese culture in general, you know, clerical robes and things of that nature. Oh, nice. Yeah, so uh, it looks here, this is from forcematerial.com, where they actually have an entire article on the origin of Darth Vader, the look. And in here they say that uh, for Vader, they dressed a model in a black motorcycle suit, a Nazi helmet, a gas mask, and a monk's cloak they found in the costumer's Middle Ages department. And honestly, it does. Like, I'm looking at their helmets. That is 100% like looks just like Vader's helmet. Oh, yeah. Um. And then I think there was another thing where they were going to, they had the eyes open and decided to cover the eyes, which I also think is smart. Like you were saying, Wendy, for emotional purposes, it's like you can't see 
the person's eyes, it's almost scarier. It it's is like, almost scarier because then, then you can't connect with them at mm-hmm. all. You know, you well, just talk yeah, to this being. Then they're like inhuman. Yeah. yeah. That's actually scarier to me. Those are always a type of, okay, so I love horror, as if he knows, and I love all of the horror, um, Halloween horror nights. Those never scare me. But the thing that I don't like is anything that's inhuman because you can't reason with it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like the zombies, for some reason, they get me because it's just like you can't reason. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> they're just going to come and eat your brain. Yeah. And I also do like that with Vader, they added on, I was talking about texture earlier, and we're talking about how they also, you know, kind of used a little bit of that motocross motorcycle jacket Mm -hmm. kind of a texture. So you see it from, I think it's like a jumpsuit that he wears amongst everything else. And you have this like very sleek leather-like material that has long white stitches. Oh, it's not really white stitches, but stitches going down the arms all the way down to the pants or to the feet. and. It's just, I love seeing that, you know, it's not one tone. It's all black, but it's 3D, essentially. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. There's a lot of textures and a lot of layers going on. I I just love the idea that he, like, takes off. He gets angry and storms off on a motorcycle. (laughs) (laughs) Just has, like, guns and roses. Just jumps on a speeder. It's an all-black speeder. And his cape just, just, like, behind him. (laughs) Iconic. Um, Another thing that they're mentioning in this article is also that Lucas has been really vocal about his love for Lawrence of Arabia. So likely that those are the sort of ropes he had in mind. And I'm looking at a still shot from it. And it does. It has, like, the... um, satchel and the like like the robes and and whatnot um also protective in the desert you know for the desert uh temperatures that a lot of the other characters are in do you mind if we talk a little bit about a concept that i've been playing with it's what i call the desert dweller versus hero concept sure and that's the idea that again 1977 this stuff is all brand new you see obi-wan for the first time and he's got all these robes on there's nothing to separate him from being just some random desert dweller and him actually wearing Jedi robes. Like yeah. nobody knew. And even at the time they were filming, I'm not even entirely sure they were like, yes, that's what Jedi wear. Yeah. 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 I know. That is so interesting because, yeah, when you think about it, you know, we talk about like the current trilogy uh, that's that's going that just ended, I guess. And that there's so much, I guess you know meat behind it where there's so much lore behind it that that they they're more likely trying to pay off where like the stuff we're talking about now is the at the very beginning you know where we can imagine that beyond this original trilogy they thought it wasn't going any further right so it can be more encapsulated so yeah it was when they were kind of figuring out what are these the foundations of the lore that we know now Mm -hmm. i forgot to bring up i was going to bring up my favorite costume designer who's not connected to this franchise, (laughs) but it is Ruthie Carter. And Mm. she was a costume designer for Black Panther. She also did Dolomite. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's up for an Academy Award for costume Mm. design. Yeah. I actually, I think that might've been a snub. Let me double check. From her, for her. I know that the movie was snubbed. Yeah. And so was But we were talking about um, me and Demi on stream, the, the noms. And I remember us being mad saying that dolomite should oh you're or- right i don't think she, she was didn't get in at all well because it says here academy award for best costume design so she's been nominated three times one was for malcolm x one was for amistad and mm-hmm. one was for black panther so it doesn't say dolomite on yeah she won yeah. for black panther i believe she yeah, yeah. but yeah Very dolomite should have definitely been on there especially based on the ones that are uh that are listed and not necessarily, you know, a diss to the ones that were listed. It's just that the the costumes in Dolomite, you know, just to continue the shout out, were so stand out that it's very weird that it's, you know, not listed. Snubbed. Snub City. Circling back to Molo, who again worked on a lot of these original costumes, he said of working with George Lucas, he said, quote, unlike period films where there are limits to what is historically correct, there are none in science fiction. And the director can ask for any outlandish thing he wants with the cost being his main handicap. George wasn't like that. He strongly believed that the costumes should be real clothes and that if they were noticed too much, they would distract the attention of the audience. 
there is something it was kind of like like what when i think of regular clothes i think of han solo yes right mm-hmm. like someone could wear that in hollywood just and- a vest <laughs> just, no totally that's how i caught like he's the he's the original disney bounder yeah. like just low key low low cost cosplay yep. Yep. It's like do you have a belt and a vest and a white shirt and you're good done <laughs> go go off they did kind of did the same thing with uh, Poe Dameron in the right. later episodes, especially in in the latest one in, in Rise, and where they he straight up looked like Nathan Drake. Yeah, and I embraced it fully. Splash Buckler. <laughs> yeah. So another thing about Molo is he had to work on a budget of ninety thousand, uh, which actually isn't a lot for when you think of how many people need to be costumed, mm-hmm. um, and had just fourteen weeks to pre- to prepare the material for shooting. Working on a piece of science fiction in the mid-1970s, a time when the dominant genre was gritty, contemporary realism, further raised the pressure for the film to be successful. Um, I was actually listening to an episode of Mystery Show where they were talking about the lunchboxes that were such a huge thing back in the day. Theirs was, was about Welcome Back, Cotter. It's a great episode. Go listen to it. But they were talking about how that uh, brand had passed up on doing a Star Wars lunchbox because they just thought like it wasn't going to sell. And then we all know what happened. But it is fascinating that it's such a big thing for us. But originally it was such a risk. Yeah. And people definitely. are like, mm, don't know if this is going to pay off. If this you look thing at- in stars, <laughs> this, this, this war of stars. If you look at the last two years of science fiction films that predate Star Wars, it's mostly these gritty environmental cautionary tales yeah. that are set in contemporary times. Like nothing nowhere near what Star Wars was. Yeah. So one of the things is, uh, you know, the budget that they had for a huge sci-fi movie at the time was only $90,000. So they had to cut corners somehow. And Molo uh, had to find a lot of ways to do this. For example, Luke's white pants or some off-the-rack jeans that the costume department just bleached. <laughs> and George Lucas envisioned the Jedi Master Obi-Wan Kenobi as like an unlikely combination of a monk and samurai warrior, once again with those samurai influences. Uh, he looks, to me, he looks just like Jesus. Yeah. His outfit, I'm not oh, yeah. kidding, with like the robe and all of it. Jesus was the first samurai. Wow. (laughs) Open your third eye. Open your third eye. That's what they don't want you to know. Uh, So, you know, take that truth. Well, I mean, a a lot of, of course, a lot of it is is uh, inspired by religion or like a commentary on that as well. Like the light side, the dark side, the costumes, mm-hmm. the the savior motif, well, like of course. I want to talk about that real quick too. That's interesting because, you know, um, like they were saying, um, Molo depicted the outfit a little more bulkier and heavier Drake, but they kind of went with the slightly worn earth tones. And I think a lot of the Jedi wear a lot of earth tones. And it's funny because we often talk about light and dark, light and dark, but the Jedi is balance. So they're Mm -hmm. not necessarily fully, you know, of course, they're the opposite of Sith because they're light. But I think, you know, the earth tones is a nice way to add a subtlety to it instead Mm -hmm. of being like the good guys wear white and the bad guys (laughs) wear black they're like okay we'll add some earth tones and that that kind of creative thinking i think uh really does make for some really good design i always felt too that the jedi like in universe the jedi dressed like that because they wanted to be seen as common man yeah Mm -hmm. you know yeah um, so moving on to one of my favorite costumes, Chewbacca. Um, so two sources reportedly inspired Han Solo's sidekick. One would be Lucas's own Alaskan Malamute. Cute. Yeah. And Madagascar lemurs. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, the actor Peter Mayhew was ultimately encased in Angora wool and yak hair. That sounds sounds hot. hot. Exactly. Yes. What oh I was my thinking. gosh. The one oh. at the guy at um or woman at um Disneyland. Disneyland. Mm-hmm. Also, how tall are you? I mean, yeah. are they on stilts? They got they're boots. on they're on a little bit. Oops. Hey, they are. On they're little... on a little bit of like a little lift. Mm. But they, I think you still have to be tall to begin with. Yeah, oh yeah, Dis, uh, like as, I couldn't play Chewbacca as, at the park if I wanted to. Well, you wouldn't play Chewbacca; you'd be a friend of Chewbacca. I'd be a friend of Chewbacca. Uh, the ex-cast member Tings. Uh, yeah, hey. so that's that's a pro tip. If you didn't know, if you have a friend who like 
quote unquote plays a princess. You don't ask a princess if they play a princess. You ask if they're a friend. So Ooh. like you say, oh, are you a friend of Ariel? And she's like, yes, I am a friend of Ariel. If she uh, is Ariel? Mm-hmm, because they don't want to break the magic because when they're in the park, that oh, is Ariel. Oh, you mean when you're, uh, when you're out. Uh, even, okay. even, even off-site. Like if you're like if you're at a bar and you bump into one, they'll say they're a friend of Eric. Oh. Uh, unless you know like there are a few drinks Santa. in. Yeah, if there are a few drinks oh. in, and they're like they drop it. Yeah, Disney's all about keeping that magic. I like that. Yeah, um, but yeah, uh, but but uh, to go the tangent that I was gonna do is so the the actual to uh, to be friends of princesses, it's actually a pretty intense uh, regimen. One that they kind of were called out for because they use a like a outline, like you have to have the shape of a mm, that, the makes, face. Sense. that mm-hmm. makes sense and you have to have like like so it's very like you just it, it isn't isn't like how good are you it's like no how much do you look like this cartoon yeah. character yeah and you have to be uh tall like for the lion king stuff like they are actually on stilts it's very very intense but i but you, you are like in the hierarchy of cast members you're the coolest person uh, oh. backstage. so i will let you know like yeah, it's a big deal if like you get to talk to someone who's a friend of a princess. Mm, the coolest person to me was the people that worked Indiana Jones because they got to work underground and wear those cool hats. Oh yeah, no, that that was also so the under that the hierarchy backstage at least for me and kind of everywhere was based on two things, how cool the costume was mm-hmm. and how cool the ride was. So I worked in Tomorrowland. I worked for Hista, Honey, I Shrunk the Audience, and Astro Orbiter, which, <laughs> okay. Even though, like, I did learn to appreciate, I hate, I was really mad when I got it, and by the end of it, I loved it. I was the one who knew Captain Neo was coming back way before, because in my original tour, they're like, we still have the film for Captain Neo, and I was like, oh, y'all are just gonna play it when he dies, and they're like, you don't know. And that's exactly what they <laughs> oh did. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. So, but, so the coolest in Tomorrowland was, um, was Space Mountain because this one Space Mountain slaps is the hardest. Mm-hmm. It's the coolest. But then they also had the outfit. They were only dethroned because this is how long ago I worked when this Finding Nemo ride came because that outfit slapped, uh, you know. I know a few people who still kept their costumes after they left, uh, which, you know, no one would want to say that on air because, you know, just in case uh, Papa Disney would want to and in and out. I mean, but if you're not coming back. Well, no. So you you scan them when you check them. So there's a big costuming area backstage. And so you scan them out. So they're attached to you, but you can take them home. And like, but what was cool is since you you don't wash them, you just bring them back Mm -hmm. and they scan them in and they'll wash them and they'll give you a new clean pair. But like you still take them home. So if you were like let go or if you quit, you know, they'll be like, hey, can you please they'll send you a letter like, hey, uh, run those back to us and you can (laughs) do that. Mm -hmm, Sure. Or not. <laughs> your prerogative. Uh, your prerogative. So speaking of just theme parks, and we're talking of talking about hierarchies of like, you know, which group had like the better area. Essentially, if you're looking at um, for the cast members who work on the rides and stuff. So now with Galaxy's Edge open and all the people are in costume there that work on, are they the top oh, of the hierarchy now? Hands down. You're, you're the coolest. I, I, it, Galaxy's Edge just probably ruined backstage <laughs> culture because everyone probably the entire land. ran. But looking at how intense Galaxy's Edge is, that might be so certain things that require a lot of acting um, mm-hmm. will be casted in the same way that they do princesses so like for example i don't know if you remember interventions which turned into the that was not a regular cast member you were casted at interventions because you were constantly performing so i imagine galaxy's edge is probably not even regular cast members like they Mm -hmm. might have a few for some of the like uh storefront type things but i if if i had to guess i think they they were casted because there's so much uh um what 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 guest interaction yeah it's very immersive Mm -hmm. yeah can't even ask for the bathroom regularly. You have to say, uh, where's like the refresher or something? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Where's yeah. the powder room? <laughs> I know. So that's, um, uh, yeah, that's your Disney minute uh, or two or five. I just wanted to follow up uh, with one final quote from Molo, who Ooh. said, this is very, t- kind of what we were talking about, how they weren't sure about Star Wars being anything. He said, quote, you have to remember that Star Wars was a one-off at the time it was made. It was all quite new to us, and we were working in the dark with not much time and a relatively low budget. When it came to an end, most of us thought the film would never be shown. So its great success came as a real shock. 
Wow. That's amazing. Thinking making this movie and look what it's blown up. I feel to like be. all of us in Hollywood have like worked on something where like, like yeah, this is not and this is never going to be anything. Yeah. This is, <laughs> like when you're in the heat of it, it's like this is falling apart. This per- oh my gosh, someone's coffee cup is in the yeah. middle of <laughs> near Daenerys. Um yeah. <laughs> Yeah, in my in my experience, it's always the thing you least expect that like will blow up in 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 a way. And like you know, while I'm you know thankful for everything I get to do in this industry, if no one's ever excited about the thing you want to be known for, it's always some other thing where you're like, you're this thing. I'm like, yeah, I did that, but I did some other cooler stuff. They're like, no, but I know, mm-hmm. I know, the, I know you from this. So this is what I'm shouting out. I was like, all right, cool, 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 cool. I'm so thankful to be in Ralph, but to be honest, I'm really tired of being Ralph breaks the internet to Danny Fernandez <laughs> when my HBO yeah. thing got announced. I'm like, no, I do. I have a lot of other things, y'all. Nah, you're Ralph. You're, yeah, you're that's Ralph. like the one thing that they pin you're Cartoon. I mean, which is okay. all they did but... when my show got announced. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, all your well, press now... releases said that. Yes, they did. And now my press <laughs> release can say something new. Yay! Um, so Molo actually did not return for the final film in the trilogy. Lucas actually hired Aggie Garad Rogers. She worked on the color purple for the job. The two previously worked together on his feature film debut, American Graffiti. However, Star Wars super fans will note two names in the credits of Return of the Jedi. Rogers shared credit for the costume design with uh, Nilo Rodas Jamero, who worked as the film's storyboard artist. Something that happened in Return of the Jedi was Leia's bikini, which is very controversial to this day. Uh, it was rumored to be inspired by the art of Frank Franzetta. Uh, The costume caused a lot of controversy, as I said. Um, And, uh, you know, had some... I don't even know what I'm trying... Carrie Fisher, I think, was mixed uh, about it. But, um, Tino, you said that you knew... You've had to make this costume a bunch. Exactly, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's always a fan favorite for both men and women. (laughs) Uh, One of the things I thought was probably the most interesting was uh, what I like to call a little time capsule event. Um, The original costume was auctioned off, I believe it was back in 2015. And for a while, the purchaser was anonymous. No one knew where it went. Then it turned out a gentleman named Gus Lopez, who lives in Seattle, runs his own little like Star Wars museum. He came forward and he said, yep, that was me. I bought it. You guys can come see it. But what was neat was when uh, Lucasfilm actually shipped it to him, it was in this giant crate, and he didn't expect that. He just thought it was going to be the costume itself. When they opened it up, there were original sculpts that they did. There were castings. There was even uh, all these pictures that they had done with uh, costume tests with Carrie Fisher. Even her measurements were in there. Wow. So I was like, that's nuts. And I actually had found an article about that when I was doing research to build my own. Yeah. For me to wear. No, I know. I'm just kidding. I think if you get a mold of of uh, Carrie Fisher's bits, like I think that should be even more. Yeah. That's going you're in the museum. Her, you're getting her booty and her her upstairs <laughs> and her downstairs. You you should get that should cost more money. Yeah, I know. It's so interesting because it this is like such a controversial outfit because I mean, there's like an element to it where like up until this point in Star Wars, it still was kind of walking that line that it was kind of for kids. And it it does take like Mm -hmm. a way too hot turn. And I think also, yeah, the one thing I think actors love to know good and well long ahead of time if they're going to be in a skimpy outfit or shirtless or nude <laughs> and because it you know uh carrie was quoted saying things like you know um lucas would show her sketches into to frighten her into exercise and she uh she said she thinks you know and she uh and she said he succeeded because you're like oh i'm gonna be in this outfit but it is like in a, in a weird way even though it's kind of infamous it turns out to be iconic too and the frank uh for Frazetta, it definitely like mm-hmm. I remember Frank Frazetta because I took a drawing class in high school and the like first drawing he had us do was a Frank uh, Versetta drawing and it was kind of like similar like he did a lot of like scantily clad women doing tough stuff mm-hmm. I was like I feel like this is weird to have your high school students uh, <laughs> doing this but okay but like once I found out he, Frank Frazetta is like a phenomenal artist I also want to say before anyone writes me I know that like uh, Carrie actually enjoyed a lot she you know she was able to kind of poke fun at the bikini quite a bit and i think that she always had a really good response i can't remember i read i've read several of her books but i know that when 
people would get mad about it. And she was like, yeah, and then look what I did. I like killed him, you know? Yeah. And I was like so legendary, like iconic that kind of like I took the power back. Mm -hmm. So yeah. she, she always had, had a really good response. Around her neck. Yeah, she always had a really good response about it. I feel like that's one of the most iconic Star Wars looks because you, you know, fast forward to today at every, you will never not see a slave Leia in some yep. sort of iteration at any convention or Star Wars events. And and now people go crazy with it because they kind of like mix. And then we were talking about Disney bound um, off mic. And, you know, I'm, I'm starting to see those mixtures together, like a, a Disney princess or something oh, yeah. mixed with a slave Leia. And I think that's just so interesting for the fans to kind of combine their loves of Star Wars and other fandoms into one single costume. I remember there was talk too for a while where I think it was shortly after the Disney's acquisition of Lucasfilm that they said they were going to stop making anything that was merchandise related to Slave Leia. Mm -hmm. I don't even know if they fully committed to that, but it's it's interesting to see that at least far as fans go, like in cosplay, they went haywire with it. They were like, nope, we're still going to wear it. We're still going to be proud of it. Yeah. Oh, that means I need to get a scene with Mando, just like, you know, if you if that exists in this world where people can be, you know, half naked. I got I got some requests. <laughs> Aside from uh what's his name with his nipples out. <laughs> Wait, what is Kylo Ren? Oh Kylo, oh my god. <laughs> the, That's right. The nipples that launched a thousand memes. <laughs> I love Kylo. I'll never forget. We have to take a really quick break and then we're going to pop back in to more of the costumes and fashion of Star Wars right after this. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Ding dong, Las Culturistas calling. iHeart Podcast Awards 2023 Podcast of the Year Las Culturistas with SNL's Bowen Yang and comedian Matt Rogers. There's stuff happening in 2024 that we really need to address. Pop culture and huge guests like the latest episode with Dua Lipa. The more I think about it, the more scared and nervous I get. Listen to the newest episode of Las Culturistas with Dua Lipa and all episodes on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Las Culturistas to start listening. We are back. We're still talking about the fashion and costumes of Star Wars. I want to talk about the Red Guards because they look cool as heck. Heck yeah. Um, so, Tino, you kind of know what they were inspired by. So Lucas used to actually race uh, hot rods back when he was younger. He actually got into a kind of an accident and that kind of ended his passion for that. And then that's kind of when he got more into filmmaking. But uh, I remember reading that the design for the Red Guards was actually inspired by... Uh, his past love for race car driving. It's kind of the hot rod. That's why it's got the hot rod red. Their look kind of got updated. Yeah, they did. And when, when I first saw them at um, in The Last Jedi, I immediately felt, oh my God, these are like the updated version. They got to glow up a little bit. Because <laughs> yeah. the, in, the, in the original one for The Return of the Jedi, when we first saw them, like they look cool, you know, again, a single color, solid, different textures, you know, different different formats and like a little bit of shine in the masks. But 
it's kind of like a head on a cape. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. felt like they didn't really have mobility. No, definitely not. In The Last Jedi, specifically, they were given this huge stunt choreography um, pod fight along with Kylo and Rey. So the costume in the updated version, and I know they're not the same guards, and Imperial Guards versus, how do you say the name of the new ones again? Yeah, the Praetor. Thank you. And so I know they're not the same, but I love that they kept the red and it went with the theme with the throne room. And they got all the mobilities, except that when I was watching the movie, I'm like, how can they fight? They couldn't see. And they have this like (laughs) one tiny slit. And I think I read somewhere that they said that they could see well. The the sentence was something like they could see well because there was a tiny slit. And I thought this this person may not have like spend a day inside that because (laughs) it's I felt like you you only had front version vision. You didn't have any peripherals. Correct. So you have to really trust your stunt. They're trained. Yeah, (laughs) Uh, I mean, that's true. (laughs) So Michael Kaplan is the one who helped make those. He is uh, from Blade Runner, but he also is responsible for the pants tingling dance costumes of Flashdance. Oh, yeah. Equally sexy leather wearing Brad Pitt in Fight Club. Okay. This man knows how to make tight mm, suits, mm -hmm. both uh, figuratively and both figuratively and literally. (laughs) Um, So he said that he didn't want to reinvent Star Wars. He wanted to embrace it and update it. Uh, So for these new guards, he built off of the Imperial Guards, the classic car vibe, as Tina was saying. He said, quote, we looked at 1950s muscle cars. The costumes had to be on stuntmen who were fighting very hard. They use weapons and they need to have complete range of motion. And if these guys fall, you don't want the armor cracking. And the helmets look like they have no way of seeing, which is what you were saying, Wendy. (laughs) Uh, But there's actually tiny slits and they can see out perfectly well, Wendy. They're very (laughs) samurai, very Japanese, but very clean, very Star Wars. I want to try one on. I want to see how they look dope as heck. I want to see more people cosplaying as this. Yes. I remember when I first saw that, that was my first thought. I hope no one asked me to build this. Have they? Because <laughs> it looks really hard. No, not yet. <laughs> not yet. Knock on wood. <laughs> oh, they're sleek as heck, though. I love yeah, them. Yeah, they're gorgeous. I love them. So the costumes in The Rise of Skywalker, specifically with some of the the planet that they go to, mm-hmm. which is, uh, do you remember? Jord- Jordania, I uh-huh. believe it was pronounced. Yeah, um, it's, it's another desert planet. There seems to be a lot of those in Star Wars. There's Jakku, Tatooine, but no. um, You got ice and you get desert. That's it. That's it. That's why uh, Endar is such prime location. Yeah, true. (laughs) But no, that that celebration scene that they that the the main characters that Ray and Poe and Finn wandered into Mm -hmm. for me that was gorgeous. Yeah, it was. It's been a long time since we had a scene. For me, that was the new cantina. When you walk into the cantina, that's when you, as an audience, you're like, this is a completely different world that I just walked into. And you see all the different aliens. That was the Jordanian desert scene was that for me. And it was so gorgeous. And it felt like something that was, it was almost like if you had wandered in in your National Geographic and you were just yeah. like witnessing a ritual going on. It was beautiful. Wendy, I know that you've been dying to dive back into Padme. Yeah. Because she had so many. I mean, the girl is like she's like Lady Gaga. She has she comes <laughs> she out is. in a different. She has like a different outfit for each thing. She really does, and it's funny because when so for production when they first started, it was um, agreed upon that she would only have three outfits. And eventually, George decided that every time Padme Amidala was on screen, she was going to be in a different outfit. Love it, just like Gaga. It's Love like, it. how many costumes do you want? And he said yes. <laughs> so um, I, I just have to, she became for me this like icon, this fashion icon, fashionista of the Star Wars. And a lot of her costumes, it went from everywhere from kind of the earthier tones being in all white, like that jumpsuit, the battle suit that she has, to something that's so elaborate in, you know, draped with ribbons and hand stitch, embroideries, hand beaded. A lot of the stuff that I read that were hand stitched, hand dyed, hand beaded. And I just can't think of how many hours the costume Mm. team had to put, um, you know, into her costumes. And a lot of it was gravity defying. A lot of Mm -hmm. the stuff was very stiff. And I'm like, how do they make that? And you have to make sure that it's durable. It can, you know, uh, be able, she's able to wear it for many days, maybe through sitting, standing, whatever scene she's got to do. And 
I think oftentimes in movies they make multiple pieces, a duplicate, so you can wear it. And sometimes they make a lighter version of it. Yep. So you can wear it. So it's you know if you're in the desert, so it can still breathe and you're not going to faint. So I just have to say like props to the design team and props to Natalie Foreman for putting up with. A lot of these outfits, I loved a lot of them. The lake dress, I said, is one of my favorite ones, and I think some of the iconic uh, ones is her white jumpsuit when she was battling. And then we have ones like that bondage-like black dress <laughs> that I absolutely over the dinner with just, Anakin. Yeah, I was yeah. like, what is she wearing? And I just didn't expect, I guess, a senator to be wearing this like black, almost Sith type looking yeah. outfit. And it was really stiff and I felt like she couldn't walk. Like she did one of those like do 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 tiny steps. Yeah. What's neat about that dress is if you look carefully all along their her collar line, there are uh feathers. There's all these dark feathers wow. very you know that uh point downward and it was almost masked because of the lighting. But it's there and it's really gorgeous. Wow. Yeah, mm. but Padme, Padme is like my OG girl for Star Wars fashion. Just everything she wore, I loved except for the that one dress. I think Carrie Fisher used to make jokes all the time about Padme's costumes. She would, I'm going to paraphrase, but I think she would say something along the lines of, "And then this new girl shows up, and every time she walks through a door, she's got a new outfit." <laughs> no, it's true. It's so true. It was, I felt like it was sometimes a little too many, but also as a girl who loves fashion, I loved it. <laughs> Never too many. Never too many. You're right. Um, there are so many things that we could cover, y'all. We just, we just glazed the surface. <laughs> <laughs> just glazed it up. Glazed, glazed up glazed the surface. Glazed. Glazed. I'm like, think, what are all the G words I can think of? Um, we'll have to do another episode on just yeah. the fashion. Like, see you. When we were when we were trying to tackle Star Wars, we're like, we can break this up until we'll do one episode on the planets yeah. and one on the fashion, and then it's like, oh, well, I guess we could have done five hours on fashion, yeah. and mm -hmm. um, yeah. So let us know what your favorite costume is. Um, again, I like the low key Oscar Isaacs. This is just uh, I'm just gonna throw in this quote from uh. Kaplan, who said for Oscar Isaac's character Poe Dameron, I was thinking of him as a 1930s romantic swashbuckling hero. Ooh. I looked at Gene Kelly, who had the same physicality and charisma as Oscar and was in a few movies where he played a swashbuckler. One is the pirate. He does seem very swashbuckling. 100 yeah. percent. Also, like some of their leg straps, are they necessary? I don't know. Are they hot? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, please. It doesn't need to be necessary. What yeah, yeah. do the leg straps good. do? They don't do just, anything. I would just have them attached to pouches that are empty just because they yeah. look right. good. Right, all the pouches yeah. they have. <laughs> Makes me yeah. want a pouch. Yeah. But anyways, <laughs> pouch. Uh, tweet at us. Let us know your favorite costume. There are so many. We will do another episode yeah, yeah. tackling the less talked about ones. Yeah, yeah. thanks for stopping by, y'all, and uh, sharing your knowledge. My pleasure. Yeah, yeah. So much fun. Thank you for having yeah. us. Where can people find y'all? Me? I am all over the internet, just at Tino Stark. All right. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Wendy Lee Zaney. That's S-Z-A-N-Y. Hey, hey, and you know me, as always, Ify Wadiway on Twitter and Instagram, Ifty's on Twitch. The Discord is discord.gg forward slash salt squad, where we're talking about all different types of things from the cast to future streams. And now we added a food channel at the request of the community because, you know, we, we have a diplomacy going on in there. It's growing every day. There's so many of y'all and y'all keep great conversations going and y'all take care of each other in a beautiful way. Shout out to all the mods. And of course, starting uh, next week, February 3rd, will be the premiere of my show, uh, E-Leagues Super Punch Live, presented by Twitch, live on Twitch, Monday through Thursday. I'm hosting on Friday on TBS, the host Kelly Nugent, uh, J.D. Witherspoon. Alex Korea will be holding it down at the stew and I'll be calling in from time to time. So definitely tune in for that. The premiere episode, like I said, is next Monday, February 3rd, my birth month. It's about to get lit. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, Your birth month. <laughs> yeah. My birth month. We've, we made it. We finally do it. And you know, if you're in the LA area, I will be doing a show at uh, the West side comedy theater uh, this Thursday, the 30th at eight o'clock called the science comedy show where I do comedy and they get a real life science to say some science stuff and then I mess it up with my fart jokes uh, wow yeah <laughs> uh, and Danny that's what the people want talking. I'm at Ms. Danny Fernandez um and like we always say stay, stay nerdy, nerdy.
Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine. Hosted by me, Danielle Robay. And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Ding dong, Las Culturistas calling. iHeart Podcast Awards 2023 Podcast of the Year Las Culturistas with SNL's Bowen Yang and comedian Matt Rogers. There's stuff happening in 2024 that we really need to address. Pop culture and huge guests like the latest episode with Dua Lipa. The more I think about it, the more scared and nervous I get. Listen to the newest episode of Las Culturistas with Dua Lipa and all episodes on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Las Culturistas to start listening.